Okay, so hello and welcome to the 32nd episode of the Spotlight Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Century 21 sales representatives in Canada, where we discuss the hot topics and important news in the real estate industry. So I'm your host, Linus Kilius. With me, as always, is Aaron Richardson. Hi, Linus. Hey, Aaron. So Aaron is a broker and general manager with Century 21 Heritage Group. Aaron has an extensive background in online marketing, technology, and customer service. And I'm the head of business development of the real estate marketing company, Helmania. So first impressions are important. But how important are they when you're trying to sell a home? It can be tedious and time-consuming to renovate or stage a home prior to sale. When the market is hot and you know the listing's going to sell within a few days, is it worth the trouble for you or your client to put the effort into improving the initial opinion of prospective buyers? And if you're going to spend some of your client's money or maybe your money on staging and renovation, how much do you spend? At some point, the return on investment diminishes. In some cases, there may be no return on investment in the first place. So on today's show, we're going to be discussing the benefits of staging and renovations and how best to assess whether or not they're in you and your client's best interests. Before we start, Aaron attended a summit yesterday, an economic summit at TREB, the Toronto Real Estate Board. Do you want to tell us about that, Aaron? Yeah, um, I went last year. It's a breakfast I hold, uh, host. It's, it's a morning and a uh, good two, two hours. And what they do is they bring on, um, and this year really, um, focused on two things. Uh, first of all, the economy and uh, what's happening with uh, house, houses in the Toronto Real Estate Board uh, in the market area. As well, they uh, did a little bit on transportation and how that's affecting um, house pricing and, and whatnot. So, But the, the interesting thing was uh, a lot of the conversation that we had all year with regards to foreign um, investment and, uh, and how that's really affected our market in our area. So they so they went into some detail on a lot of uh, numbers and percentages and because I guess they were hearing a lot from the real estate agents saying that there was a ton of foreign investment buying, whether it be condos or detached homes, but a lot of money coming into the country, uh, which we've all said. Um, and the the statistical analysis that they did uh, under I guess undercovered uh, the fact that it really was not a big effect on our market, 4.9%. The exact and we're up in 20% increase in value so 4.9% is a, is a small um, percentage of that and um, so they really came back and said it wasn't uh, a big factor. So where do they get these statistics from and why is it so difficult to gather these statistics, statistics in the first place? Well they did it uh, they did uh, do a 100,000 sales and transactions and who did this transactions from um, from anything that came from outside the country uh, country and they um, did have brought in Ipsos which is a I guess a big statistical company that uh, uh, the Ipsos Ipsos am I saying that right I don't know <laughs> I have if you've no heard idea <laughs> Ipsos yeah anyway so they do a lot of the reports in terms of statistics and, and analysis and uh, surveys and stuff like that throughout Canada, I guess, and uh, um, and they took 3,500 TREB members that dealt with um, foreign investors last year and came up with, um, I guess, the results from that. And it was a, they say, you know, in terms of studies, it was pretty robust. So it was a good, um, I guess, cross section of, you know, who who they needed to talk to and the question they need to answer and all the rest of it. So they were within two percent. Uh, I think it was two percent accuracy rate. 19 out of 20 people, you know, are going to be accurate information. So they said it was a really good study, but in in the end, that's where they came up with the information. So what should you read from this? And does this affect 
I guess the other marketplaces as well, like Vancouver, this is obviously a concern as well. Um, I guess obviously the, this is a Toronto study, so it's a different marketplace. But um, how does this affect, say, the Toronto market or how we should be well, handling things? Well, it's interesting. I mean, they, they really um, they had a panel of different people from different areas. I don't have the list in front of me, um, but experts within the field of um, you know building starts and all the economic um, economists and stuff like that. So, and it was overwhelming that it was a supply and demand issue. Just there's not enough supply to um, to satisfy the demand. We need to bring on 20,000 new listings to the Toronto Real Estate Board, which we're sitting about 5,000 or less now, in order just to you know have a um, let's say an equilibrium or, or, or normal market. So it was really quite you know interesting to see that yes, we know that there's a supply issue and. Uh, and a lot of them were actually saying it wasn't a supply issue, it's a demand issue. Well, supply and demand, it kind of works that way, right? <laughs> if there's more demand, obviously we can't supply it. So um, they went from anything from housing starts and all this sort of stuff. So really, I still go back to the, the foreign investment and wonder whether or not they really understood what we were saying when it came to foreign investment. Um, I was never saying, okay, somebody who didn't live in Canada is investing in our economy or buying houses. That's not what I was saying. I was saying people coming into the country, landed immigrants, uh, first, you know, uh, people that are moving into Canada, residing in Canada, and then purchasing uh, multiple properties. And that's not foreign investment. We're just using the wrong term. What that is, is people, um, you know, let's say foreign um, immigrants or immigrants coming from different countries, um, landing in Canada, living in Canada, and then purchasing a lot of properties. I think that's a that there's a lot of that going on, and we see that um, in the Toronto area with all the new homes that are on the market. The you see the lineup, and you know there's not a lot of Canadian-born. Uh, there's a lot of immigrants in the line, and and they're all buying up these properties. But they are residents of Canada, so they're not foreign investors. If you kind of get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. So regardless of the statistics and how they came up with them, do you think this is going to have any sort of ramification in policy in terms of, like I mean, out in Vancouver and BC, we've seen uh, like foreign ownership tax, right, foreign, foreign purchasing taxes uh, imposed in their marketplace. Is this uh, something you think a policymakers are going to be looking at to either justify doing yeah. any sort of adjustments in the marketplace like that? I know Toronto, as well as the province of Ontario, has been very careful as to do any of uh, any sort of changes to some of those policies the way Vancouver has. And uh, the latest uh, information from them is no, they're not going to do anything about that. The overwhelming, again, response from the experts on the panel were saying that uh, it really, we need to get the houses built. Um, they were using um, a place called the Schoolenberry in uh, just north of Toronto as an example. Um, their new home subdivisions right now are being built because they applied for resources in 1994. <laughs> and it took 30 years to finally get the resources in order to build these homes. And they're talking about, you know, it takes a year just to get a minor variance put through and all these red tape. And so in order to build more houses to supply the demand, we need to have more um, policies in place in order to, you know, allow builders to, you know, build quicker, I guess is what it comes down to. For sure. Well, it's a slow-moving cog, I guess, in this case. We don't want to get too far down to this rabbit hole, though. We're, we're already about seven minutes in. <laughs> we, we haven't started talking about our main topic. So um, it's interesting news, and it'll be interesting to keep an eye on how um, that affects everything. Uh, but today, we're not talking about this in detail. We're talking about staging and renovation. So getting onto that, when you first are talking, let's say you've solidified a listing, uh, when you have that initial discussion with your client on having your plan to market with them, 
how do you approach the discussion of staging and renovation? Um, people do it different ways. I always did it um, in a way that uh, it was part of my listing presentation that this is a service I provide. Um, all my homes that I put on the market, I have a professional come in that focuses on exactly what they're good at. And uh, they're going to come in and give us a report. You can take all of it or none of it. It's up to you. But I suggest you look at the report and do what you can do. And uh, I provide a staging report with all my listings. That's that's how I ran um, you know my business for ten years, and uh, and successfully that was one of the uh, big value propositions when it came to uh, listing a home. Now, do you typically just partner with a stager, or do you have yeah? Like, how do you how do you do it in? Yeah, yeah. We partner with a stager. You got to interview stagers and find out what uh, um, you know what they're going to do for the client, what services they're going to provide for you um for what price you know just to get a good value somebody who can speak um to the client the way that you would want to have a client spoken to and is representing you so you know the the stages that are usually better with the clients are the ones that can um not insult uh, but at the same time get the results that you need if uh, for example you need a, a red wall to go neutral yeah so when you have the staging report and you've got in front of your client, like, well, how does the discussion go from there? Like, do you do you analyze the different kind of degrees that you can do the staging and whether or not it would benefit at the end of the day, the yeah. listing sale price? Well, first of all, I want to make sure that the stager provides a really comprehensive, great report. I'm paying for it, right? This is something as a service I provide as a real estate agent. So I want to see the report and I want them to have a copy of the report, the the um, homeowner. And then they'll start going down in priority sequence because the report's done uh, room by room. And there's about 10 points per room of different things they can do to improve the, uh, the staging of the room. And how people live in their house is different from how people sell their house. So... And, and that's what they have to understand is it's a product now. They got to you know, detach themselves personally from their house. And uh, the people that do and are, are able to do that and do the most of the things on that list, um, you know, end up getting a higher price. And, and it's a much uh, smoother process uh, that you go through to sell the house for sure. I imagine a lot of clients are pot potentially resistive to this. Is that a very big concern? And like, how do you address that too if they're yeah. resisting the staging that you think might be, you know, important for the sale of the home? It's interesting. Usually, like if it's a couple, a husband, wife. I had a husband and wife uh, once. The wife was, oh, we got to do this, that, and she was all excited, and she's going to paint, and she was going to get everything. And the husband was like, I don't understand why I have to take down that clock. Really, it tells time. You know, that's <laughs> that's why it's up there, and uh, I just don't understand how that's going to affect the sale of his house. And <laughs> you know, just didn't really want to participate in it. But the kids that uh, were helping along with the the wife, you know, sort of explained it to him and and uh, help them through. So yeah, you can get people that are completely re resistant to it and others that uh, are excited. And, and in the end, they go, I don't even want to move. It looks so great, right? Yeah, which I guess is, is something <laughs> you don't want to do as an agent, make it so nice <laughs> no. they don't want to move, right? But uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, like how much do you typically like spend on staging? Obviously, you don't want to go too far. Like do you have to sit down and formulate a plan on, on how much return on investment you can get for the time and the money spent? Yeah, I mean, uh, really, uh, when you look at prioritizing what you're going to do, the stager should be um, uh, cognizant of either budget, time, um, that sort of stuff. So we get, you come up with a plan, and every house is different. Uh, some people say, listen, I want to you know, sell within the next month. Uh, can you come over and tell me the things I need to do? That's the perfect scenario. You've got a month to complete some stuff. Um, 
my parents, when they sold, they said, Heron, here's the keys to the house and do what you have to do. Here's our budget and, uh, you know, bring somebody in and get it all done. So we went into extensive renovations in that one with replacing flooring and painting and wallpaper down and converting a, a garage that wasn't a garage back into a garage. I mean, we went through quite a bit, but in the end, they understood that they were getting quite a bit more in return when they sell the house. Do you think a lot of agents are ignoring staging, especially in hotter markets like Toronto or Vancouver where things sell very quickly too? Uh, because I mean, it's tedious, it's time consuming. If you want to just get in and out with the listing, it may not be in the agent's best interest, right? To increase yeah. the value of the home because you know you increase it by you know X percent, you might not be getting enough commission back from that yeah. to justify the extra time spent for, of, of your time, right? Obviously, it's yeah. not, usually in the best interest of the home buyer or the homeowner, but um, the agent might be a different case too, right? So how do you manage that, I guess? Hey, listen, the some. It depends on the agent and how they feel, but there's a great point. I mean, agents do tend to, um, listen, if somebody wants to sell, let's get the house up and let's get it on the market and let's get it sold. You have to ma uh, manage the, I think, the client's expectation. Look at the big picture. If they're looking to get more for their home, staging is going to get them more for the home. There's no doubt in my mind on that, whether or not it's to sell the home quickly or to get in our market, you can sell the home quickly. That's not a problem, but can you maximize, can you get out another $100,000, $200,000 worth of uh, value in the home by doing, you know, $10,000 worth of work, maybe even, even less in a lot of cases, the way the market is right now. Um, yeah, staging is key. And uh, I think agents do get a little worry about, they're worried that if, let's say somebody's going to sell, you know, by the time uh, two weeks of staging goes around, maybe they'll change their mind, maybe things will change, maybe somebody will knock on their door and they'll sell it privately, you know, all these different things that you have to look out for. But really, I like to work in the interest of the seller to get them what they want. For sure. And now, is staging always a good idea too? Like you, you mentioned that you think it's generally a good idea, but are there cases where staging isn't required? I mean, I guess if the house looks like yeah. it's already staged, maybe. Uh, but what about like if the home value is very low, if it's a small condo or something, or maybe it's in a smaller market where maybe it's only like a $150,000 listing or something too. Like do you stage in those cases as well or where the return on investment may not be as great? Um, yeah, I mean, you do have to assess every situation differently. There has been uh, homes that I've gone through and say, listen, I usually provide a staging report, but your house is fantastic. And to be honest with you, I've been on so many of them. I can tell you the little things to do. I'm not an expert, but you're, you're there. You know, it looks fantastic. So I'll put that, uh, you know, budget towards maybe a cleaning just to help you guys, you know, maybe ease some of the stress and we'll get our, the house professionally cleaned. Or maybe I'll put that to more online advertising or in a different way. Uh, or in a different direction. So there are times where I, I won't go through the full staging. Um, it could be a time constraint issue too. Uh, but for the most part, I really try and um, try and get the professional through because I find in the end, uh, when the seller sells, they look back and they go, wow, you know, my real estate agent really took me through a huge process. We got a great price because, you know, of all the value he gave us and, and you get referrals from it. So I really do like to impress the clients. So as we were talking about before, like in a hot marketplace there might not be very much time to to do the staging and everything but you did mention this x factor of uh, potentially like impressing your client and getting leads or referrals from them in the future because you did give them the ultimate package is this something that a lot of agents overlook and and just when they're trying to flip house as quickly as possible they don't really consider and, and should they 
they should consider it. I mean, they should really sit down with the uh, the homeowner during the listing presentation and 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 talk to them about what their motivations are. And and if their motivations are to get it up and get it sold, and um and you're and you're thinking, well, I should stage it and all the rest of it. Have that conversation with them. And as long as they're happy with what you're providing them with, I'm not going to force them into something that they don't think is right. And uh, and you come, you really, it's a partnership. So you're you're coming up with the. Uh, uh, the the plan alongside them, and as long as they're happy with it, I, I think that's where you're going to obviously benefit from the referrals, and and uh, they're going to say that you did a great job. Okay, how about renovations too? We haven't we've talked a lot about staging. We haven't talked about much in terms of renovations. Um, now these can obviously be even more time consuming than staging. Uh, do you evaluate the same way as you do staging and decide like, hey, like you know what, if you renovate your kitchen. We spend a couple months or whatever, you can get like a significant amount more. Is this something that is commonly done at all, or is this something you avoid because of the the extended period of time this typically takes? Uh, again, it goes down to the motivations of the seller and what they're willing to do. Um, you know, I had friends of mine that uh, brought me over because they're thinking about selling, and uh, you know, around every corner of the house, they said, "Should we paint this?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I mean, that'd be a good idea for sure, um, depending on the time and the you know the budget and all the rest of it." And they, well, should we pave the front? Uh, front driveway do you think we'll get more return on our investment i said well if it's return on the investment you're getting yeah paving would definitely make a big difference and they said well we should build a deck here because we were going to do this deck and they just kept going and going and going uh granite countertops and all this sort of stuff um and then they and then they they, they were working they said they were going to get it done in two weeks and i said okay <laughs> yeah right good luck with that uh nine months later um I would pick nine months. That doesn't sound right. Ten months later, <laughs> uh, they've got <laughs> they've got all the renovations done, um, and they had me back over. And then they had a stager through. And then two months after that, they ended up listing. So it was a year later, and uh, and they got three hundred thousand more than they would have got if they would, uh, you know, sold a, a year prior. One because the increase in price, but also because of the changes they made. Well, it worked out for them, obviously. Um, what about if you don't have that year, right? Um, is there anything quick and dirty? A lot of people can do. A lot of people always suggest, you know, a quick coat of paint or something is the best return on investment. Uh, yeah. Is there anything similar to that too that you can absolutely? I mean, paint paint's cheap. Uh, a lot of people do it themselves. If you can do a good job, I, you know, I question sometimes, you know, whether or not a, a poor paint job is worth it. But if you do a good paint job, is obviously important. Lighting is very important. Um, flooring is always something that's, you know. Um, you know, going from carpet to hardwood, that's a little more expensive. But usually I look at paint, uh, lighting, um, even a backsplash that'll cost a couple hundred dollars to put up will make a big difference. But anything in your kitchen, bathrooms, obviously kitchen and bathrooms are the two big ones. Um, and, you know, just the atmosphere that you, people buy an emotion. And that's the reason why you stage is when people walk in, you want to have all the lights on. The place smells great. It uh, you got music in the background. They're going, oh, you know, that's nice. <laughs> they're walking around and then people buying emotions. So these, this is the atmosphere you want to st uh, want to create within the house. And it doesn't have to be expensive. That's for sure. You know, I remember when we bought my, the current home that I live in, it was sitting on the market for several months. I mean, it's in Kingston, so it's not the same as the Toronto market. Um, but it was several hundred square feet larger than anything else in the price range. It showed horribly. The like carpets were horrible. There was mm -hmm. like I, I, I seriously, the home was about is about thirty years old. But I'm not sure if it's ever been painted. It looks like the walls were just um, put like painted with primer. Basically, you can almost see the drywall behind them. 
And I remember like the initial impression was like, oh man, this, this place needs some work, but like it's, it's got a good potential, but it's hard for people to see through that. I remember my mother-in-law was like, you don't want this place. And I was like, well, like it, the size is good and like the layout's good. Everything's good about it. It's just, it, it just needs paint and, and some new flooring and such. And once we did the paint job after we purchased it and did all the flooring, which didn't cost like a ton, uh, it did look like a really nice home. And I feel like we we did also improve the resale value. But it's just it amazed me how many people that like uh, like family members of mine looked through the home and, and didn't think it was going to be a good a good a good sale or a good purchase because it just didn't show well. And how it is hard to look past it. Um, that being said, I guess on the the buyer side too. Yeah, you can probably find some some good steals if you can look past that. If you, yeah. if you don't, if you don't get duped into the into the allure of staging, right? So yeah, if you can take, if you can actually take uh, your sellers, let's say they're looking to sell, and you want to sell first, and you don't necessarily buy, but if you go out to a few homes, even just to show them uh, the difference between homes that are staged and aren't staged. And then you start to let them know that, you know, if you like, they really, really like this house and you say, listen, it's smaller, it's in a lesser area than the other one that we were looking in. But what they've done here is they've really, like they've improved this house with all the granites and the, the pot lights and they, it's a beautiful home. But just so you know, when you purchase it, there really isn't anywhere else to improve, to go up in value. So you're not going to get any equity from anything to do with the home. In fact, as you live in it, you may decrease the value overall because you know, your, your wear and tear on the, on the, what you're purchasing opposed to the house. Like you said, you went in and if you can see opportunity, you're going to be able to immediately increase the value of the home by painting and doing a few things by 20, $30,000. So when they see, when you explain it to them that way, they look at homes completely differently. And then when you go back to list their place, you can say, okay, you know how we saw those two different houses or a few different houses. What, what a difference staging really made them. Oh yeah, we want our house to look like that. Okay, now they've bought into the staging and they are gonna really do more for their value by you know doing the things they need to do to, to bring it up. I almost feel like you can show them a few episodes of Love It or List It too. <laughs> I know oh, my wife loves that yeah, show. Sure. Same thing yeah. too, like you see the before and after. And, and the, the thing is my mother-in-law is actually selling her house now too. And um, she, she's, she watches Love It or List It and she's got in her mind like, you know, I can do all these renovations and make like this, you know, amazing profit. I mean, I'm like, you can, but we got to remember these people, they, they do it themselves and they do it professionally and stuff. And they get to save a lot of money on the renovations and such because they are doing it themselves and they're, they're very yeah. professional about it, right? They know how, what corners to take uh, and which ones to avoid and such. But either way, it's just, it's just funny how like perception can change uh, the perceived value of a home. And I guess that's what we're kind of getting at here. And that's the importance of staging, right? If you can yes. get people to perceive the value of the home a lot higher than, you know, they may have in a different situation without the staging, then you've done your client a service. Um, so before we wrap up the show, is there anything else you want to say about staging and renovation? Yeah, I mean, you had mentioned that maybe some people are trying to do it themselves and they just see what's on TV and everything. It's really important to get a professional in them in there. I've done over a hundred different staging reports alongside the stager and I've seen what they do and say and all the rest of it. So I think I could do it. But when it came to doing it, like selling my house, I brought I brought her in, she did a report, I did everything on the report. It's hard to detach yourself from the personal stuff, you know, the, the color choices that you like, the things that you enjoy uh, with the home. It's not necessarily what other people are gonna enjoy. So you have to really depersonalize um, and uh, neutralize and declutter and all the sort of stuff that you've gotta do to, to get the house and, and make it as neutral as possible. But, you know, some of the things are just, I can't believe what the stagers come up with sometimes. And I just, I'm like astounded the house looks so good. 
and uh, what a difference it makes from a real estate perspective selling it. And to be honest, it's a pleasure to sell a house that looks as good as it does. It gives you a good reputation in town. The other agents, when they show one of your homes, they know what it's going to look like. It's going to look fantastic because all your homes are staged. And uh, yeah, it's, it, word gets around. It's good to know, and I think we've got a lot of great advice on this show here, too. So I'm surprised it took us 32 episodes to talk about staging. We talked about that before, before off camera, but now that we've had the discussion, I'm glad we have. Um, so I'm going to wrap the show up here. So if you like the show, subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to give us a five-star review on those sites because it really does help. Uh, you can watch us on past shows at spotlight.center21.ca slash podcast. If you need to reach us, you can email us anytime at podcast at homania.com. That's podcast at H-O-M as in Mary, E-A-N as in Nancy, I-A dot com. So this podcast was brought to you by the Spotlight Marketing Program, an exclusive marketing package available only to Century 21 agents in Canada. Spotlight provides agents with a comprehensive internet marketing strategy for their listings. We provide high-quality HDR photography, stunning HD video tours, a cutting-edge responsive website, and an extensive advertising system to help you sell your listings faster sell them for more money, impress your client, and generate leads. So find out why so many top agents are using Spotlight by visiting spotlight.century21.ca today. Aaron, thanks again for coming on. Thanks, Linus. Have a great week.